You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Two for two tonight. She rips it to right. It's over the head of Cox. One run is in. A couple more will come in. Play at the plate, not in time. Haley McClenny clears the bases. What a moment for her in this semifinal at the World Games. Wow. Four. Incredible drama and fun and a reason to be proud in Birmingham. That's the Met. Team USA playing softball. Um, two Alabama stars, and you just heard Haley McClaney went three for three in that. She's played every inning. And who's to know when we see Montana Fouts again uh, in her debut, she was uh, pretty much unhittable. But uh, if you've been in and around Alabama for a while, following softball at all, you know, Haley, that uh, Montana Fouts is unhittable. Welcome into the program. I'm Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson. Jay will be strolling in shortly. Lars, uh, how the heck are you? 
I'm really good. I'm really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a, a exciting exciting times here in Birmingham. Just, again, so much going on with the World Games, and uh, hopefully the the rain will hold off, and it, it's a bit cooler today. And I know our uh, European friends certainly uh, are enjoying that. And, and like I said, just the uh, it, it's cool just to go around town, and I had a chance to do this a little bit yesterday, and um, just go to different places and you it's it, it suddenly Birmingham feels like an international city. I love it. I love it. I never thought I'd see it, but I'm seeing it. And and like I said when uh you and I both went out uh to the Bennett Barber on Saturday, Canopy what is it? Canopy <laughs> Help uh, me out. Canopy Mark. piloting. Canopy piloting. And uh, and and we were given some VIP passes by the by the fine people at uh, at the World Games, and it felt like a uh, being felt like the Olympics. Well, to in, me, in it, it, it felt like being at a um, at a, a Formula One racing event. Uh, I, I've been to uh, a couple. Here in the United States, it didn't feel like one in the United States, but uh, I went to one, uh, covered it for Sports Illustrated in uh, outside of Barcelona, and it's definitely like a wine and cheese crowd, and you have uh, people from all over Europe, and it's very relaxed, and you can tell there's a lot of money and uh, uh, floating around uh, just by how people are sort of behaving, and... Um, yeah, it, it it was cool. It was cool. It was uh, it was like being at a Formula One race a little bit uh, over in Europe. But uh, I, I I just love everything about the World Games uh, and everything that uh, uh, from uh, Mayor Woodfin to other political leaders uh, to uh, Gene Hallman to uh, uh, so many people who have worked hard diligently. I mean, even to uh, the construction workers out there in uh, working so hard, getting the city to look uh, very nice, uh, give it a nice buff and shine before uh, the eyes of the uh, sort of international world are were upon us. And like I said, even though these events aren't being broadcast live here in the United States. It doesn't mean they don't. There's not an audience over in Europe, and now, some are. It's my understanding that the uh, softball game will be. I need to get an update from Josh and Joe and the guys that produce the show. But I, I think I saw somewhere last night on Twitter that uh, CBS was carrying this game live. So I will give yeah. you an update, and we'll get a lot of updates here in about 25 minutes as uh, Gene Hallman is going to join us. He, of course, the president owner of the Bruno's event team. Uh, he can fill in a lot of blanks. And I, one thing I would like to know is, and I've always noticed this, particularly at uh, the golf tournaments, how many volunteers there are. Yeah. And there must be 1,000 plus. And I saw a couple of them, as you did, at Canopy Piloting, and they were just drenched with sweat. <laughs> They'd been out there since 530. And we were out there late mid-afternoon. And they were just smiling, you know, no problems. We're good. And they did do this for 11 days. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to think of myself, Lars, as a pretty giving person. I don't know if I could do that. Somebody's phone is absolutely going off yeah, in here. It is. Uh, and in the meantime, Charlotte <laughs> is about to fry herself. Um, and uh, I, I know we're going to get into softball. And um, 
I, I still don't really understand why softball got uh, eliminated uh, as an Olympic sport. Um, I mean, I, I, under, I, I have a, uh oh, <laughs> sorry, uh, Charlotte, uh, my dog that I always bring in studio, my puppy, uh, Kavapu is uh, chewing on Matt's uh, um, headphones right now, but uh, yeah, so softball was dropped as an Olympic sport after the 2008 Olympics in Beijing, just four games after it was introduced in 1996. And I, I think the IOC's reasoning for eliminating uh, softball was the lack of popularity outside of North America, um, even though there were medal wins by Japan, China, and Australia uh, during that four-game run. And, uh, and, and I know at the time, back in 2008, American players speculated that uh, the decision came because a European nation had never won a medal in the sport. And, um, you know, it, it, it felt it certainly still feels like Olympics uh, should be uh, be have, have softball. But uh, the fact that the Olympics don't is the reason why softball, Matt, is now being played here in the World Games. And our producer back at the studio in Tuscaloosa, uh, Joe Gaither, who you just heard on Tide, by the way. Congrats on your show. Uh, he says it'll be on CBS Sports. I misspoke. Uh, the game last night was on. So, uh, gee, I hope this weather holds off. Uh, that's going to be very, very cool. And as I just said a moment ago, Gene Hallman will be uh, joining us at the bottom of the hour. And guess who's coming up next? Dana. She's been on. Uh, I w- Dana Duckworth. I would say, yeah, former Alabama gymnastics head coach. And I would say she's been on vacation. But, boy, I've given, she's kind of tuned me in on her travel schedule. I think she vacationed for a couple of weeks, and she has been wide open. And she'll be talking with us, uh, well, women on Wednesday, uh, women on sports. And she is really, really behind in uh, helping promote Title IX. And I have several questions concerning that just on NIL and collectives and how all that's going to work. But in order to do that, we probably need to get our first break in. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show. Jay along shortly. Lars Anderson is in the studio. I'm Matt Coulter. We will continue with this show. There are a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, The Big 12 says we're open for business. And there's uh, something happening in Atlanta. Braves battled back last night. Beat the Mets 4-1. Just a game and a half back as they play uh, the getaway game today at Truist Park. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show back in just a couple minutes. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy with a good chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and early tonight. The high today, 89. Tonight's low, 69. For tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Just like every night 
has its dawn Just like every cowboy sings a sad Back on the Jay Barker Show, Lars, Matt, Alex Bauman, our interns in the studio, and joined now by the originator of Women on Wednesday here on the Jay Barker Show, and that is Coach Dana Duckworth, former University of Alabama head gymnastics coach. Dana, it's been a while. You've been like a a, a nationwide traveler here. Are you doing okay? I'm doing great. I have had some special time with my children. I've been able to go to nationals for volleyball and the golf course with my son and take a little family vacation so it's been a little different and i thoroughly enjoyed this time with the family and uh just enjoying the summer uh apparently in, in some of the communications we have you have though you've kind of launched into a new career as like a i don't know what i would call you a sports entrepreneur executive uh catch us up <laughs> on what you're doing now well, it you know it took some time down, just some downtime, and really just uh, enjoyed the time and kind of reflected on what am I going to do next. And uh, you know, I'm just such a believer in that when you are in sports, right? It teaches you life. We talk about that all the time on the show. And so, being this, you know, in a sense, the CEO of Alabama Gymnastics, there's so many skills that transfer to the business world. And so, I had a business background before I got into coaching and with sales and marketing and development and such. And so I'm going to be taking a new plunge and going over as uh, the title is Vice President of Business Development. And it's in another real male-dominated industry. Uh, I'll be with a company called Athlink, which is local to Tuscaloosa. But it's kind of fun because it's entrepreneurial under the umbrella of a $50 billion company called PFG, Performance Food Group. And so I'm looking forward to the challenge, uh, be developing a team and developing Pouring into people and souls, just like I got to as a coach, and looking forward to being able to take that competitiveness and put it into the business sector. Dana, um, congratulations on your career uh, being affiliated affiliated with uh, Alabama Gymnastics, 27 years. And uh, I know when you uh, made the difficult decision to uh, to step down, you said you wanted to focus on, on your family. Um, is there? Can you expand upon that now for us of of, of just the, the the complexity, the difficulty it was in in making that decision? And I certainly uh, don't want to press you into saying anything you don't want to say. And also, I know oh, you well, wouldn't say anything yeah. you wouldn't want to say. Right, so, right, right. but I know there are a lot a lot of fans of yours out there that um, you know just uh, just want to see kind of uh, just peel back the curtain a little bit bit for us. Well, it's all very positive, Lars. The reality is I got to be the head coach of my alma mater for eight years, following after a legacy, learning, growing, developing great women, and learning truly how to recruit and create a team. And so at this place in my life, I've got a 12th, a 12th grader, an 11th grader, and um, it's a very, very sensitive and, as everyone has told me, will fly by time in your life. And when you are in the world of recruiting and the grit that it takes to do all that, there isn't a lot of free time, you know. And people talk about work-life balance, and I kind of talk about, well, it's more so a time allocation. And so it's just exciting to know that I've been able to impact the program. I love the University of Alabama. I continue to love the University of Alabama. I know that Ashley and her staff are going to do amazing things. And, you know, they have the 
second top recruiting class in the country this season, and they have the number one recruiting class in the country coming the next season. And so, you know, when you leave a legacy, you want to leave it as good or better, right, than as you came. And so it was a great time for my family. So nothing other than positive, good stuff. And being able to show how you can take the world of sports and transfer it into the business sector. And so that's really what it is. And I am going to be the loudest cheer and um, look at how things roll. So not sure that answers the question, but that's what I'm really pumped about. No, that's great. And uh, did you seek the counsel of Sarah Patterson uh, before you made the decision? And, and what, if you did, what did what did Sarah tell you? Sarah is, you know, she's pretty awesome. And so as we celebrate like Title IX and just, just, the, the strides that women have made in sports and things of that nature, you know, family is very important and she understands that completely. And so I would say that she's living a great example of spending a lot of time with her uh, grandchildren and being able to leave the width of her life in this chapter. And so she's a great person to emulate. And um, I would say that she wants me to be happy and do all that's best for the family. So excited for that. I want to d- dive deeper into the Title IX, and, and briefly, you just touched on it, how important it's been to women's college athletics. But but I wonder if it's been thrown, and the whole concept has been thrown, a little bit of a curveball here with NIL. Uh, these huge collectives are being formed by universities, but they are primarily, as I understand it, Dana, aimed at men's sports, particularly basketball and football. Uh, it is... Are there strides to be made in that area? Certainly the answer is yes, but if so, how? Well, I think that a lot of people see the big dollar signs of what's happening in the premier sports, but I would argue and respectfully disagree that in gymnastics, I think it's never been a better time to be a female athlete in the world of gymnastics because of just the the nuances and complexity of being a gymnast, right? You are not only an athlete and you have athleticism and you are a a you know, a, a warrior on the competition field, but you also are beautiful and you have, you know, don't want to devalue the athleticism piece, but just the hair, the makeup, the style, the fashion is giving some of our young women incredible opportunity. Um, financially, there's been positive impacts for the world of collegiate gymnastics. I like to see the numbers after about a year of this, but I would say that, you know, women, especially in the world of gymnastics, have become icons, heroes. Um, you know, excuse my French, I'd just say there's just some badass women. So I think that there is just, I think it's positive for a lot of sports. And I think that if you market it well and you understand what a brand is and you market yourself and you put yourself in a position, then the best thing that these student athletes can do is be incredible students and be incredible, you know, have incredible success on the competition floor. And then when opportunities are presented to themselves, to them, make sure that they have the right support systems to know how to navigate that, whether it's, you know, agents or marketing advisors or the financial piece. Because my big thing when NIL came out was, oh, my goodness, I hope that these athletes know they have to pay taxes, right? Because that's something really important. If you've never gone into that world, I call it adulting, and have not had to pay taxes before, you know that that can be very daunting. So I think that, especially in Alabama, the resources and the people in place are there to help all the student-athletes of all disciplines be able to maximize their market value and their potential to, to be able to capitalize on the opportunity. I, I see where um, 
Alabama softball is already dealing with transfers and and players in the portal. Um, the women's side of athletics are uh, not catching up, but that is certainly uh, that's certainly something these athletes, the gymnasts, are considering now, right? It is a game changer in the world of, of athletics in general, and know you know that gymnastics is not nearly. Um, active in the transfer portal as other sports have been, especially compared. I heard baseball at one point had, I don't know, I don't even know what the number is, was like 2,200 players in the transfer portal. Um, we haven't seen that in gymnastics as much. But the one thing that COVID, those fifth-year COVID athletes, right, they want to stay another year. If there wasn't a plan for that, then they are transferring to get that fifth year covered and start their master's degree or do things of that nature. But I also feel like that's also a place where um, there's more opportunity for women to be able to ultimately utilize that fifth year, that COVID year, and have their scholarships covered and such. So I think there's always a silver lining to it. But it is different. (laughs) Dana, I'm I'm still not quite ready. Can I add that one thing? Go ahead. ahead. I want to add one thing. You know, freshman year is hard, okay? And the transition okay, mom and dad and, and the people that have been taking care of us have been, you know, making sure we get to practice, that we eat properly, we get to bed. I mean, so many things are done for you in those high school years. Now you come to college, you have new coaches, you have a new environment, you have a completely different model than you've ever grown up with. And so it's overwhelming. Like you can expect the expected. It's going to be overwhelming. The thing that worries me with the transfer portal is, oh, I had one bad experience. I can just pop in the portal and go somewhere else. But the realities are, is you don't do a lot of self-awareness and figure out who you are, what you stand for, and really, you know, what you want to be a part of. I think that these students can jump ship too fast and then go to another place and then they're running, right? Instead of, you know what? It's just going to be hard. We're going to build resilience. We're going to have some difficult times. We're going to have people we don't get along with as well, and we got to figure out how to be a great teammate. That piece is what worries me about being able to transfer so quickly, and I hope that makes sense. Dana, um, I'm not ready uh, to uh, let you leave yet as the Alabama uh, women's gymnastics coach. Uh, so I, I want to ask one more question uh, about your time as being the coach. You're, you're so eloquent and you're, you're so thoughtful. What is sort of the number one thing that you just learned about life in general? I was going to ask you about what you know. what's your favorite memory, but that, that's sort of too obvious of a question. What 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 is this one thing you've just learned about whether or not it's, it's just uh, being a leader of young women, it's a leader of young people, or just life in general from uh, from your time uh, of leading uh, leading the the Crimson Tide. Oh my goodness, I love that question, Lars. I love that question, and I can seriously say to you that the biggest life lesson I probably pulled away is that there's one thing I can guarantee you is that change is going to happen. You are never the same. Things are never the same. Being able to, to, to pull an audible, call an audible, whether it's in your career, whether it's in the day-to-day life, right? You have a, you come in the office, you have a plan. You think that this business is going to be able to do that and this person is going to be do, able to do this. And then you have a series of things that totally make the whole day change. Um, you have different rules, policies, regulations that become, you know, immediate policy. And then, boom, you've got to change how you do it, what you do, when you do it. 
So I would say that it is inevitable and that the one consistent thing is be ready for change. And those who can adapt the best, those that know when it's time to do something different or take a step or leap or hold yourself accountable or have the discipline to do the right thing when you really don't want to do it, those people will be go on and be very, very successful no matter what they do. Sounds like the advice of, uh, well, the knowledge of Dana Duckworth and uh, the advice of perhaps Stephen Saban and certainly Sarah Patterson. Dana, Thank you, you, Dana. You need to be teaching at Alabama. Thank you so much, Dana. <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you for your support. Roll Tide. Talk to you later. You bet. All right. Uh, Gene Hallman will talk next, Bruno's event team, and, of course, he's a big part of the world game. Real quick, shout out to my Tatum, Tay-Tay, in Omaha, Nebraska. I know she's listening. Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping. Out on the streets, the traffic starts jumping. With folks oh. like me on the job from nine to five. Working not me describe Dean Hallman. He doesn't work nine to five by any stretch of the imagination. Welcome back to the Jay Barker Show. And we welcome in President CEO. Uh, he's the chief and uh, what do they call it? Top dog? Bottle washer? Whatever. Uh, Bruno's event team, Gene Hallman. It's Matt and the gang here. How are you today? I'm good. Good afternoon. Oh, uh, wow. What a massive undertaking and congratulations on a job well done. Uh, are you even overwhelmed by the success of the World Games? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, the The plan was many years in the, in the making, thousands and thousands of people literally involved in the plan. And you, you never really know until the curtain goes up how it's going to come together, how the fans mainly are going to react. And, I will tell you the venues have been full of fans. Um, the crowd interaction with sports that they're not that familiar with has been phenomenal. There have been so many athlete stories and and, and just stories, uh, big and small, that will be lifetime memories for so many people. Um, it's just been a great, great thing for our community. Gene, uh, I'll echo what Matt just said. Congratulations. I mean, uh, I've been blown away at uh, just everything about the World Games, and I know you are a massive driving force behind it. What has been the biggest logistical challenge for you, and what, 
you know what 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 has surprised you the most other than other than the crowds that you just mentioned and uh you know Matt and I've been to a couple different events and crowds have just been amazing everybody I've talked to different reporters just can't believe the number of people coming out uh I personally have interacted with a bunch of you know uh Europeans and it, it, it's great and I was just telling Matt this, it suddenly Birmingham feels like an international city uh I I love everything about the world games but biggest logistical challenge uh for you I think it would be the heat, uh, Lars. We've had stretches, and, and we're in the middle of one right now, where it's been above the typical Alabama heat. When you get heat indexes at 105, 110, uh, that, that complicates things many times over, obviously, for the outdoor events. And you have so many athletes coming from very temperate climates and not used to it. Um, so we have ice baths at all the the venues and the the volume of of liquids they're consuming is is very difficult to keep up with. Of course, you want them to do that. Uh, fans as well, you're concerned about them uh, relative to heat. So I, I think that would be the biggest one. I think on the flip side, although there's a little bit of a chance this afternoon, um, we have avoided uh, rain, and and that was a concern going in that we would get a couple of days where we might be completely washed out. So I guess it's pretty much a, a push in terms of the, the weather. Um, but, but that's been the biggest challenge. Gene, uh, when I was uh, out Saturday, uh, I just noticed the tons of, and they were wearing shirts that said volunteers, so I'm assuming they were. How many are there and how dead it? I was talking to one woman as we were going through a security point. That's another issue you dealt with marvelously. Um, and they'd been there since 530 in the morning. Um, how many are there? And, and just pump up the volunteers for a second. Well, 3,000 and uh, literally tens of thousands of stories from these volunteers in terms of things they've done where they've gone above and beyond. And it's a pretty long story, so I won't go into it, but there was one involving a volunteer and, and, and uh, the actual fence that a fence swimmer was going to wear in competition. They were stuck in Atlanta. The volunteer went and got them. The fence swimmer got them just in time and won the gold medal. <laughs> you know, it's, it, when you, when you look at those types of stories and, and add them up. It's it's been so remarkable. So many selfless people that just are like, hey, whatever it takes, um, we're going to show our community in a big and proud way to the world. And um, I'm just so proud of so many people. It's it's impossible to articulate uh, the, the the amount of, of thank 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 yous that you need to give out to all these people. Um, I often think, would I do that? <laughs> would I do what that person's doing as a volunteer? And I'm not sure there are many times I would. So I'm like, wow, just uh, really cool stuff. Gene, I haven't had a chance to uh, congratulate you on your induction to the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame uh, back in May. So uh, congrats. Very, uh, very much uh, worthy of that honor. Um what do you hope that the legacy of these games are, or is, I should say, the, the legacy of these games? Uh, is it that uh, 
perhaps we now Birmingham has infrastructure in place, and this is something that Matt and Jay and I have talked about, infrastructure in place to uh, attract other major events uh, to uh, to Birmingham or, or, or what or ultimately, you know, when, when we are discussing the World Games five years from now, what do you hope that we are talking about? That's a great question. I think there are two answers. One is uh, here in this community, this event was uh, a push in terms of capabilities, uh, being able to do it. And, and so we had to extend ourselves as a community and a state to make it happen. So I think from that, just like anything in life, we're going to end up with a sense of confidence that we can do bigger and better things than maybe we thought before. And then conversely, on the other side of the wall, I think it will attract more events. I think that that international federations of sport involved in these games, but then many other types of international sport or, or domestic sports are going to go, wait a second, this is a great event market, something we've been preaching for a long time. We don't have a, you know, MLB, NFL, NBA franchise. So when something like this comes to town, we embrace it. Maybe unlike Atlanta, Nashville, New Orleans, Charlotte. Um, so I think we're a very good market for events. We're right in the center geographically of the southeast. So it's so easy for people to get here and watch something. Um, we, we first got the inkling that international sport was really uh, well received here with the Olympic soccer games back in 96. And and then we did seven or eight international friendlies, including a world cup qualifier. And then a mayor dug up all the grass and put it artificial and there went our chances for international soccer, at least for the time being. Uh, but we showed then that, that we were onto something with that one sport international uh, attracting people. Now this is going to reinforce that even more. And, and I think you'll see uh, many things that you're going to be ultimately able to trace back to the success of the World Games that will come here now as a result. Gene, in sort of reviewing the evolution of the World Games in coming to Birmingham, when was the first time you heard the idea of World Games Birmingham, Alabama, and what did you think and, and and just kind of explain to us what your role has been in 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 getting the World Games here, and also uh, just making it the event that it has become. In which uh, Matt and I've and Jay have been talking about just uh, just a massive success. Well, well, Scott Myers and Edgar Weldon started this process back in 2013 by going to uh, um, Cali, Colombia, where the games were being held there, and looking at it and saying, wow. And, and, and at the time, the chairman of the World Games uh, was a Birmingham, Alabama resident, uh, Ron Froelich. And so as time moved along and the bid was ultimately submitted in 15 by, by Scott and Edgar, we were up against a Russian city in Lima, Peru, and we got selected. And I think Part of that was because of Ron. Um, you know, that won't be openly discussed, but it was, and Ron had to recuse himself from the, the process because he was 
the, the chairman at the time, but he stepped down part of these games as chairman of the World Games. He's now honorary life chairman, but he lives in Mountain Brook. And uh, the World Games have been, have been a passion of his almost his entire life as a volunteer at the very highest level. And and the World Games was looking to, to grow its brand. It's got a great name, but the recognition, especially in this country, uh, is very low. And the first games were held in Santa Clara, California, back in 1980, um, and it has not been back since. Uh, so it was time for the World Games to come back to the best sports market in the world, and um, and and they're glad they did because uh, it's elevated the brand significantly in this country. Um, and I think what you'll see now is the World Games continue to grow. The IOC has embraced it. Uh, they have this symbiotic relationship between the two. And for the most part, the sport in the World Games are not in the Olympics, although there are some that cross over like karate and uh, um, sport climbing. But the, 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 the World Games has proven to be a great launching pad for sport to go to the Olympic Games. And Thomas Bach, the chairman of the International Olympic Committee, was here yesterday, and he did a, a thorough visit to, to the venues. Um, and, and he went out to the UAB area uh, and went to see bowls, which is a very interesting sport. Uh, and he walked right past lacrosse, and he didn't stop. And uh, I sort of got some background information. Why didn't he stop at lacrosse? Well, lacrosse is most probably going to be included in 2028 in the Atlantic, excuse me, in the L.A. Olympic Games. And he didn't want to give a signal that it was all but a done deal by visiting them. So he, he played somewhat neutral and uh, in, in, in just walking right past it. Um, so there are all these, these uh, has anything, there are all these strategies involved with trying to get into the Olympic Games. Breakdancing was a huge success here in Birmingham. That will be in the Paris Olympics. So it, it's it's a it's a launching pad for the Olympics for some of these sports. Gene, going to let you go, but on our way out here, Lars and myself both took kids to see the canopy piloting and just so blown, much fun, blown, blown away, uh, figuratively and literally. Uh, it was very cool. Have you? seen an event or two that you just were, had the wow factor? Uh, yes. I think Wushu, which is a discipline of martial arts, that combination dance and swords, it was the latest distance of the World Games, was just like a wow. Um, fist ball I became a big fan of. It's, it's similar to, to, to volleyball, but I think every bit is good. Um, there's there's a lot of sports that, that, that is really cool that... Uh, will gain, I hope, some traction from the World Games here in this country and grow. Hey, thanks. Literally. I mean... Thank you, guys. And uh, congratulations on a job well done. Thank you, Gene Hallman. Thanks, Gene. All right. Talk to you all soon. Gene Hallman. Bye. You bet. Uh, He heads up the Bruno event team, and boy, uh, that umbrella is rather large. What an asset Gene is to the city. What... What a great person to just a biggest advocate for uh, Birmingham sports that I've ever come across. We'll be back with more of the Jay Barker show in just a moment.
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. You're listening to the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy with a good chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and early tonight. The high today, 89. Tonight's low, 69. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on the Jay Barker Show, Bart, Matt, Alex, studio, also joining us. She was a blackhead beauty. The guy the show's named after. Jay Barker, I, I know you had to kind of, you were able to touch on a couple of uh, interviews we had with Dana and then with Gene Hallman. Do you have any reflections on them? Yeah, you know what? I, I did, get a, did get a chance to uh, really hear them as far as I heard the last part of the Gene Hallman interview and um, whoever's back. At Tide or wherever, I'm getting a ton of feedback. Uh, but if, if you can fix that, that'd be awesome. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you this, um, is Lars ended the interview of what an impact Gene has made uh, in this community uh, throughout the years. And, and I've been working with Gene since I came out of college, and he before that had met him. And, you know, he came and he, he and Ronnie Bruno had an unbelievable vision for what they wanted to see happen for the city. And they started with the golf tournament, as well as other events. And now, I mean, pretty much all over the Southeast and in all kinds of areas. I think even in uh, what he told us one time, what Hawaii, we said we want to make a trip and do a live show from that particular event uh, that he does there. But, um, yeah, what, what, what a great event it's been so far for the World Games and all the great activities, just the, uh, the fanfare, uh, all these people coming up from different countries, as well as the Birmingham community supporting it the way that they have. So and that's the thing about it. I mean, this community, whether you bring uh, – not only just college football, college basketball and baseball and softball, but whatever sports you bring, uh, whether it be another tier of pro football, whether it be the Birmingham Barons, uh, the Birmingham community, the state of Alabama, they love sports. They come out and support it. Yeah, and um, again, it's really not a surprise, Matt, that uh, so many uh, people, uh, locals, have turned out for these sporting events that they don't know anything about because this is a sports-crazed city. And right now we are basically in the Sahara Desert of sports time. I mean, it is uh, not – I mean, exactly. almost like literally because it's so hot. But uh, but there's just not a lot going on here in, in Birmingham. Now that the USFL is over, we're waiting for Alabama and Auburn and college football to, uh, to start up again. So it really – on the sports calendar, it falls at the perfect time. It does, unless you're one of the athletes, and that's the only thing I've heard negative about the whole thing mm-hmm. is the heat. And you know what? We can't do anything about that. But what I'm amazed is, you know, uh, when when Hallman does a golf tournament, it's right there at Greystone, okay? When he does the SEC baseball tournament, it's right there at the Met. I haven't done an actual count, but you've got Avondale Park. You've got Boutwell. You've got Barber. You've got the Met. You've got Protective. They're using the Crossplex for a bunch of different events, particularly those that are water-related, swim-related, like, for instance, canoe polo 
what? I'd like to see that just to see what what do they do? They have a mallet that they knock a ball around in the water? <laughs> I know. Uh, but anyway, I, it's one thing to manage an event at one site. They're scattered all over Birmingham and Shelby County. Amazing to me. It is. It is. And I, I, I was thinking, too, and I, I wanted to ask uh, Gene this, just uh, the cooperation it takes between the different municipalities, the different mayors. And, and I, I know we all kind of point to uh, Mayor Woodfin and and it goes back to, uh, you know, Larry Lankford and, you know, his his dream of uh, host, hosting the Olympics. Um, but uh, and also, I, I think Gene Holman gave us a really good history lesson there. That the head of the World Games used to be a native of Birmingham, who now lives in Mountain Brook. And that I you look, you can you can obviously put one and one together, and that's a big reason why well, the World Games are here. And yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, Jay, just uh, it's been a great event so far. Yeah. A lot, a lot of that, too, goes to Scott Myers and um, all the guys that really were the first ones that, that were, you know, Edgar Weldon and all the ones that really made that happen. So uh, that's, they, they were at the very beginning. Scott Wyatt, who was there watching the other games. But uh, I know we got to get the hour. We'll come back. Hour number two is coming up next with Jay Barton Show. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over. And, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community. But more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan dot letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas in vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner. You'll find all that at La Paz. Crestline and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Yes, indeed. Welcome in. The gang is here. Um, hope you were able to listen to the first hour. Dana Duckworth was on, former Alabama gymnastics coach, uh, just to talk about uh, women on Wednesday. And then Gene Hallman, all about the World Games, which have been wildly successful. Don't you think, Jack? I, was, I know he's I'll impressed. Say, <laughs> I mean, I'm really, we've talked yeah, he, about he, this. He, so. He's uh, stunned speechless. Um, hey, I, I mean, I'll, I'll amplify it again that uh, I, I think it's been incredibly successful. And um, sorry about that. Again, I've got a lot, a lot of a lot of reporter friends in town who are covering different events, and and every event that uh, I have talked to, my friends who that have been to, been covering, has been well attended. And it's not just from people out of town. It, it's from people in Birmingham and in yeah. uh, from surrounding areas, Jay. And it's just, uh, I, I would say I, I want to be a little bit surprised. But then I, I think about just the, the, the regular sort of person here in Birmingham, and they love sports. And, uh, and I, it's great to see that people aren't afraid to attend sporting events where they really don't know anything about that particular sport, right? Sumo wrestling. Right. What a great like scene it was there. Break dancing. Another great scene. So, uh, have you been surprised by this, Jay? Not, not so much as I said earlier. I just think Birmingham and Alabama is such a sports frenzy type of town, and these are sports that this may be the first and last time you ever get a chance to see them in person. You may see them on TV. I was just watching the stream uh, during our break at the top of the hour, and Josh is playing some kind of – I don't even know what the name of the sport is, but it's like volleyball, but they bounce it, and or it's able to be bounced, and then they hit the ball. A uh, lot bigger court. They have more players, um, you know, more than just a two-man. I think it's like five people on the court at one time. So pretty cool uh, to see those type of sports. People are getting to see them in person. And, again, they may never see these sports again unless the World Games comes back through uh, the city of Birmingham. But uh, what, what a great get that was. In 2015, it was like – man, there's seven years to plan for this, you know, and then all of a sudden it's, um, you know, it really started back in 2013. I remember, again, interviewing Scott Myers about it, and um, he was, you know, there live watching the game saying, hey, this is a real possibility for us, uh, and what we see here we think we can replicate in the, in the city of Birmingham and throughout the surrounding metro areas with all the different facilities. And, and again, I'll, I'll say this, and, and I, you know, and I may be wrong, but I, I think it had a lot to do with it. I think the – the building of protective stadium had a lot to do uh, with uh, the world games coming. They needed the infrastructure to house um, an event like that, where it was first class Legion field. Could it have been maybe revamped or whatever, done some stuff to it. 
Maybe so. I just don't think you would have gotten the same feel as you get downtown with everything that they've had a chance to build around it and things that we're going to be able to use for, for years to come for the future. And that's what, that's the thing that, you know, whether it was with maps, which I don't know if even our younger generation even knows what that means. I know Matt, you know, Lars, you may not, but it was a about, uh, how long has it been? Matt, 20, 30 years ago that they tried to do a huge project and the dome was put in that. And it was going to be a lot of infrastructure for the city and people just couldn't get over the dome. You know, they did not want to build a dome in downtown Birmingham. And I really think that put us behind, whether it be for different events. They just redid the BJCC, which now I think is ready to hold uh, some type of regional for basketball. And uh, and also, you know, I think with that type of atmosphere, it keeps the things that we want to keep here as well, like SEC offices. Uh, a lot of people thought they might move to Atlanta or other places uh, of Nashville, uh, as even been brought up. But I think they stay in Birmingham, number one, because a lot of the people that are in that SEC office have made Birmingham their home. I think, you know, getting it out of Birmingham airport is a lot easier than Nashville and Atlanta for the coaches and people to come in for different meetings. Uh, so I, I think it's here to stay. We'll see. And those decisions are made at a, at a very high level. But um, we were talking earlier, and real quick, let me get our sponsors in. We're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. I know a lot of you that are downtown for the World Games get a chance to see maybe Top Golf for the first time. Go out. You'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation. And for family, for friends, coworkers, a lot of charitable events, a lot of parties that are done at Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the Sunday side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. But we're talking about the heat, and uh, there's a little heat. Hot seat rankings are out. Eight college football coaches with their jobs on the line this season. And uh, the hot re- uh, r- rankings, CBS Sports uh, annually put it out. And uh, I think uh, Dennis Dodd uh, wrote this article talking about some of the coaches who are on the hot seats. And uh, number five, as far as the rating, is that you got to win or you're going to be fired. Number four, start improving now. There's six coaches on that list. There's two on the win or get fired. Number five. Number three is pressure is mounting. There's 16 coaches on that list. Two is all good for now. There's 28 on that list. One is safe and secure, 55 on that list. And zero is untouchable. There are 24 on that list. But at the top right now, Scott Frost of Nebraska has got a five rating and uh, says that uh, right now all that's lacking is a formal letter notifying Frost that he'd better win this season or be fired. I won't go into all the things, but right now a a 34% winning percentage, the lowest for Nebraska coach since Bill Jennings, 1957 to 61. Uh, Everybody says he's a good guy, uh, destined for greatness at his school until he wasn't. That makes this the number one hot seat to monitor for 20 uh, 2022 and uh, all the things going on. So, you know, you look at just all the things that have happened uh, over the last uh, few years um, with Nebraska, with uh, Scott Frost and all the guys that have been a you know part of that program. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of things that are happening. But 22, uh, 2022 hot seat now or never. Herm Edwards at number five. And then we'll stop there and let you guys comment and start with you, Lawrence, Nebraska, Scott, Scott Frost. Well, yeah, I mean – Man, I've spent a lot of uh, oxygen and time on this show talking about Scott Frost. I have a personal relationship with him, which is uh, not good. And um, uh, look, Scott is in trouble. And uh, I'm frankly shocked that he's still the coach at Nebraska uh, I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm a, I'm a Nebraska guy. And, um, you know, I've done stories on Scott. Uh, Scott was, uh, I had to talk to him for the Lawrence Phillips documentary that I wrote for Showtime. And that was not a pleasant experience. 
But um, so Scott basically was told by Trev Albers, the new athletic director at Nebraska, hey, you got to fire everybody, everybody. And he brought all of his all of his dudes from uh, Central Florida. He brought them all to Nebraska. And at the time, we all thought it was going to be a good move for uh, continuity of staff. Like they all know each other. Well, it turns out they were not ready for prime time. And they absolutely just got mauled by the, in, in the Big Ten, mostly because they did not focus on two fundamental things that you talk about all the time, Jay. Offensive line, defensive line. They went for all they trying to get all these like speed receivers and, and, and DBs from different parts of the country. And uh, in, in the Big Ten, it's kind of like what you can do between the tackles and controlling the line of scrimmage. And so Scott, uh, Trev said, hey, one, you got to fire all your coaches, and these are his his best boys, and uh, and Scott did that. You got to take a pay cut. Scott did that, and you can't pa- call plays anymore. And Scott did that. I mean, completely emasculated. Midwest parking place too. <laughs> yeah, that was really I mean, mean. Um, and, and so now what they did is they hired the <laughs> offensive coordinator from uh, um, Pittsburgh. His last name is is, is uh, Whipple, I believe. And I and I know the new OC wants to throw the ball around a lot more than Scott wants to. Scott wants to get back to the running game, sort of old school Nebraska, uh, have it be much more of a uh, maybe like a fifty-five forty-five split between running the ball, passing the ball, and have uh, have elements of, of power eye in this sort of spread attack. And uh, Mark Whipple, the new OC, doesn't want that because, again, he's coming from Pitt. Uh, you got to remember, he groomed Cody Pickett, who just was a first-round pick by the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and a great so, spokesperson uh, for Charmin. Yeah, the, the Whipple thing. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on that. All I can get is a picture of Mr. Whipple. Mr. Uh, Whipple's Charmin. That, that, that's... That's not an impressive last name for an offense or for any coach because you just think soft. Mark Whipple. Yeah, W-H-I-P-P-L-E. Uh, yeah, he's the highest paid assistant on the staff. And and, I, and Scott has gone to Trev Albers, actually, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the AD, and is like, hey, I don't really like what's going on. And Trev's like, I don't care. <laughs> well, he is, though. I mean, he I mean, has Scott no control. Is, he's just bitching and moaning. And uh, and and the thing is, like Lincoln is a lot like I guess probably Jay Tuscaloosa. When things are going bad, it's like it's just rife with rumors, and it's like mm-hmm. everybody knows everybody's business. I'm guessing. I I, I don't know because I, I've only been here when things have been good <laughs> in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> well, that's why we won't allow uh, you to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I look. Nebraska opens in Ireland against Northwestern. Uh, and then they got a, a couple easy – if they can beat Northwestern over in Dublin. And uh, then they got Oklahoma at home, I think the fourth game of the season. Um, and Oklahoma, you'd think, would be beatable, uh, become, getting a new coach uh, and uh, a new quarterback, a new offensive system. And, and But Venerables is, is really good. But, uh, hey, I, he's got to win seven, eight games or, or Scott's done. And Scott will never be. If he gets fired from Nebraska, 
which I think he should have been last year. Um, he'll never be a head coach at a in a, in a significant capacity ever again because if you can't get it done at Nebraska uh, when you are Scott Frost, uh, you're not going to get it done anywhere. And then there's all these horrible rumors going around about his personal life and getting kicked out of country clubs and you know all this stuff. But uh, it's got whispers of of, uh, of uh, Mike Price uh, oh, stuff going no. on. Yeah. Boy, there's a name Alabama fans love. No, but 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 uh, Jay, when things are going bad in Tuscaloosa, and they didn't go bad in your time either, but d- does it become one of the like the 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 biggest small towns? I mean, really small in, in the country because of sort of everybody seems to know kind of what is going on inside the program. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it is. I mean, it's crazy, and I, and you know, I tell you, the one that used to be. The biggest and still is to a degree is tighter insider. That's the the back end, you know, behind the scenes, the dark web, as you might call it, of uh, all the postings of rumors <laughs> and everything else that goes on uh, at Alabama football. And uh, those guys do a great job of that site and always have done. And uh, but at the same time, there are a lot of things you find out there that people will post and put up, and the people start looking at and trying to figure it out. When all the coaching changes were happening at Alabama, it was crazy. I mean, people following the tell you know numbers of planes and all the different things that uh that they were trying to get the the first lead on uh on a big story or whatever but yeah you're right i mean it's it could be it, that those times are miserable in cities like that and states when you don't have a, a a program that you you know really believe in and want to have success because it believe it or not it affects the economy and it affects the happiness of the people in that state oh yeah uh most definitely I think we should keep going down this list, though, yeah, and uh, and let's uh, get into Herm Edwards and then move beyond that. There, there's some really interesting names on this list, and I have so much respect for CBS Sports' as Dennis Dodd. He does a great job. Yeah, but there is one huge, unbelievable error on this, and I will, uh, I'll make that public in a minute. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy with a good chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and early tonight. The high today, 89. Tonight's low, 69. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 91 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Bad company song. This is not a show about a music. It's a show mostly about college football. And um, if you're listening, and you've got a chance to, you know, go to your computer, your phone, whatever. Look up the CBS Hot Ranking story that Jay brought up just a minute ago. And the only thing is a little confusing about the rankings and, and this part for this year or whatever. Uh, but I read it wrong because I thought it said there are zero untouchable coaches. That didn't is all. And it's not at all the case. There are actually 24. Uh, 
but if anybody in all of college football, if anybody in all of college athletics is untouchable, it would be Nick Saban. Here's the one guy that is rated a four that I'm going to bring up that I think his seat may be as hot as Frost. And that's Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech. Uh, In his tenure, they've beaten seven Power 5 teams. Seven. He is 9-25. and Now, I know that's not an eye-grabbing deal, and people here in the SEC are not going, really, who cares about Georgia Tech? But uh, this guy has been one letter short of awful. Jay? (laughs) Well, I I think the biggest thing is, I want to go back up real quick, and and I I agree with you on that. Um, Yeah, sure. Scott Frost, uh, his rating in 2021 was a 5. This year, it is a 5 again for CBS Sports and the Hot. That's the the highest. Uh, Herm Edwards was a 4 last year. He's a 5 this year. Brian Harson was a 2 last year. He is a 4 this year. And uh, they write, I I thought it was funny, the first sentence, Harson is a decent man and good coach, but he was the latest to go through the Auburn churn. This seems to impact every Tigers coach eventually. For a couple of weeks in February, it looked like Harson had lost his job, and in the end it was Jabba, just Auburn being Auburn. Something tells me (laughs) none of it would happen had Auburn been able to hold against Alabama. Both coordinators have been replaced, but running back Tank Bigsby is back. By now, Harson has to know you're only as good as your next game at Auburn where job security is written in invisible ink. I thought that was some really, really good <laughs> what a writing. great paragraph. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was some paragraph. quality writing by uh, Dennis Dodd. <laughs> and, and that lets you know, like, look, we, we use some of those phrases here, right? And and we are, uh, uh, let's be frank, we're an Alabama show. And, um, and, and... <laughs> I, I don't know. We, we've talked to so many different college football insiders since the end of last season, and I don't think one one of them has said that they expect Brian Harson to be back next year, Jay, unless he somehow beats, and, and Matt was just saying this, unless he beats Alabama or Georgia, and I, I don't see that happening. Your thoughts, and I think Jay? Both of the, yeah, yeah, I think both of those games are in Tuscaloosa and in Georgia. Um. So that's that's going to be yep. a, t- a tough, a tall tell for them. At least the Georgia game now has been moved from where it used to be, right before the Alabama game. They moved it back uh, to the beginning of the, or earlier in the season. But um, yeah, it's going to be a, t- a tough haul. I mean, he he stayed in Mexico and kind of waited it out. I thought he really did a great job of uh, playing that off for the period of time he needed to for all the media frenzy and everything that was being put out there about him to kind of die down. And they came back pretty strong because I think Auburn at that time felt like, okay, we really can't do anything because we can't really prove anything. And we're gonna have a huge buyout if we can't. And uh, they got stuck. And yeah, this is something for him. He lost his quarterback in Patrick Nix, who probably is not even going to start at Oregon this year, which is crazy. Um, You know, this is the thing that uh, you go through in a state uh, and and also in a conference that you're having to face up against the best college football coach in, in history and, and Nick Saban, and it's right down the street from you uh, for Brian Harson. It's a tough, tough place to be, but I, I think he's taking on the challenge and going to try to put the best product he possibly can on the field. Dino Babers uh, comes up as number four, and last year he was a number three, so he's moved up uh, in that at Virginia Tech. Uh, uh, you talked about Jeff Collins at four, Willie Taggart at four as well. He was a two last year, Florida State uh, head coach, and um, he settled in with one of his former Oregon players who sued the coach and his former strength coach after being hospitalized. Tiger admitted to 
you know, his drills at Oregon being aggressive and all this type of stuff. So uh, this is uh, we'll see what happens uh, for him uh, and what he's trying to accomplish um, with, uh, with, with his team. But uh, Jake uh, Spavittle, I think that's how you say it, but uh, he's at four. Um, and then you got Marcus Arroyo and at four as well, as far as that number, you got uh, Mike Norvell at three, uh, uh, Carl uh, Durrell at three. You got uh, Jeff Scott at three. No, no relation to, uh, the other Scott, right? Scott Frost. Well, Scott Frost, everybody. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, no, he's a Jeff, he's a former, uh, Clemson, Cle- former Clemson OC. That's right. Yeah. Who, I mean, he's sitting at three, he was at one last year. And uh, felt like he was pretty safe, the Clemson former office coordinator, and now needs to win. And a group of five powerhouse conferences become unforgiving. The American, the Cincinnati's, the Houston's, the Memphis USC's have uh, at least have better programs. They, they go on and talk about how that he faces uh, this. Uh, this guy faces uh, off the jump of trying to go from two and ten to bowl eligible. He got a two year extension in January to twenty twenty six. And uh, so we'll see kind of how it all works out for him. But there's a list of some of your hot coaches. Any of those other guys you guys want to know? Well, I, I want to ask Matt, um, who is going to be the first head coach from a prominent school that will be fired during the season in 2022? I have my own thoughts on this. Oh, Scott Frost. Scott Frost. Um, I don't think – well – And, I, and I'll I, tell you why. It, it's – because of what you just described, he, he really doesn't like his OC. He doesn't seem to have control anywhere. So if if by chance, you know, there is a huge mistake in coaching, um, that'll be the end. Uh, they'll say, that's it. We, we've done everything we could to try and keep you. Uh, man, your clock management at, at the end of the Northwestern game in Ireland, it was just horrible. We're going to the... And then they're going to give the job to Whipple. <laughs> oh, you guys will just love that. You'll, oh. have, you'll have fun at my expense with that for years if Whipple does a good job. Then, <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I, we I, have to talk I, about I, it I, for I, years? I just don't think Trev Alberts will fire Scott Frost midseason. Uh, I would go with uh, a, a coach that has gotten the dreaded vote of confidence from the president, a uh, coach who is uh, 25 and 18, which isn't a terrible record. I mean, heck, at Nebraska, you'd take that in a heartbeat. Uh, as uh, is the like the CEO, a guy who is uh, universally respected in NFL circles. But I think it's going to be Herm Edwards. I, I, I think too. Herm Edwards at uh, at Arizona State is going to be let go. Uh, I mean, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, um, and you know, he, he's sixty eight years old. Uh, he's got more money than he'll ever know what uh, to do with it. Um, and, uh, I, I just, uh, to me, Jay, I, I think Herm Edwards is probably the one that, uh, I would say that is, his job is in the most peril, uh, in the first, uh, say six, seven weeks of the season. Yeah. And Willie Taggart, I think too, at FAU, I mean, I think, you know, what he did at Florida state FFU, I think his record, um, this has been abysmal and you know again a lot of times you look at coordinators and go okay can they make that step and he has so much um baggage from oregon the players suing him as we talked about um he's 45 years old so still young could go back and be a coordinator for a while continue to learn and grow but man when he was at florida state and we talked about this on the show lars he, he like a deer in the headlights that he had no answers and no ability to really control his team so 
I, I'm not so sure that, um, you know, if FAU is going to, how much longer they'll stay with him. But he went from a two to a four uh, on this list, and four being right close to that five, which means uh, you need to win now. Taggart's debut at Florida State had to be the worst. It had to be the worst coaching debut uh, in college football. Well, as long as I've been alive and as long as I've been really been paying attention, Willie Taggart looks so lost. And and you put it well, Jay, deer in the headlights. Uh, They they couldn't get position groups right. Uh, Time management on the clock was horrible. Uh, uh, play calling was horrible, and, and it's just like Taggart had no control of the sideline, and yep. um, it's just uh, yep. uh, stunning the uh, level of incompetency that we saw there. Oh, Matt, when the we get back, about, yeah. yeah. The worst thing about the worst thing about these is recruiting. When recruits go on and look at this, and coaches would go, "Hey, let me show you the hot seats." I mean, that's where it affects these coaches. They they continually stay on the hot seat. Because they can't, they can't get the players that want to come play thinking that they're going to be gone. I'll give you a uh, my selection and make go to number one as far as somebody that might get fired in the middle of the season when we get back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of the best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. All right. Back on the Jay Parker Show. Dave Mathard. Alex on standby. Coming up with AAA. Alex, amazing anecdote. That'll be happening here in just about 10 minutes. In the meantime, I want to finish up with this topic that uh, Jay brought up, and that's coaches on the hot seat. And I initially said that I thought Frost might be the first one gone. I started thinking about it. If Brian Harson suffers a Mississippi State-like loss, Auburn could pull the trigger. Why? They've done it before. They've started looking for coaches while the other coach was still uh, acting head coach before. So, I don't know, guys. Maybe it's Auburn. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, I just know it's not the Nebraska way. They, they'll wait, to, especially uh, 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 for a head coach who was a quarterback that led you to a national title who still is kind of a folk hero in the state. I don't think you would uh, embarrass him and uh, fire him midway through the season. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think Scott is long for uh, Lincoln and, uh, and 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 Nebraska. So yeah, I mean Jay, uh, what what do you think are the odds that Harson gets 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 fired before I don't know November? For some reason, coaches that coach at Auburn 
the years that we don't think they're going to do well end up having unbelievable seasons. Um, anytime they're predicted not to do well, they tend to surprise everybody. So I think uh, for Auburn fans, they're hoping for that. But more, most definitely, Coach Harson is hoping for that, that he can put together a team, pull some wins off. Look, I don't think Auburn fans, they want them to win against Alabama and Georgia. I don't think they expect to win against Alabama and Georgia, to be honest. I think they realize that they're just overmatched with the talent and the history and then what Alabama and Georgia have done. The problem for them, too, is that, um, and I think Josh just wrote this, that they play Ole Miss and Mississippi State away as well. So that those are going to be two tough matchups uh, for Auburn, especially the Ole Miss matchup with uh, Lane Kiffin. And uh, Lane uh, understands uh, you know what Auburn football is all about, but it's going to be a, be a tough go for Harson. But we'll see whether or not you know we'll see what kind of coach he is coming from Boise State. We talked about how the difference in the conference he came from, the style of football to the SEC. How much has he adjusted? I mean, a lot of this is going to be on what he's done, how he's adjusted how he's made some different uh, game plans and different things that he thinks that he can get better at as a head coach preparing his team. But you got to remember, he had Alabama, what, down 10 to nothing going into the four, late fourth quarter. Um, and, yeah. you know, Alabama comes back and wins that game in overtime and four overtimes. So, you know, he proved a lot that he could prepare and get ready. I, mean, I, I you know, heard that they've been preparing for that game all season long in order to win that game. You could tell the frustration on his face after it, but uh, – it's going to be a, a, a tough, some tough matchups for him, and I, I do believe that he's going to have to have a, you know at least a pretty good winning season and have some some big wins over teams that maybe they go in as the underdog. Yeah, I mean, um, look, yeah, they had Alabama on the ropes, and if they beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, I think uh, we're not having this discussion right now. But you look at their schedule, upcoming schedule. They open at home against Mercer, win uh, San Jose State at home. Should be a win. Uh, then Penn State at home. Huge game. Huge game for Harson. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you need to beat Penn State at home. And then uh, Missouri at home. Uh, LSU. You know, that's uh, that's going to be a tough one. And then at Georgia, at Ole Miss. Arkansas at home. That's going to be a tough one. Mississippi State. Mississippi State's not a, uh, an easy out. Texas A&M. Certainly not an easy out. Then Western Kentucky, then Alabama. I mean, it, it, it's it's not the easiest schedule in the world. And, and look, I, I understand. Really, no team in the SEC has a, has an easy schedule. But um, but uh, I mean, Matt, it, it could go south pretty quick. And um, it, it, I, I've seen this happen so many times, Jay. I, I know you have too. When 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 things don't go right early in the season, guys seem it seems to me like I've never been in the locker room. You have. It, it's just like they kind of. It's not like they throw in the towel, but attitudes start to sour, and this feeling that uh, something bad is going to happen, you know, uh, kind of takes over. Kind of grips the team on on Saturday. Uh, I, I, I'm sure you've seen that before, right? Almost definitely. I think that's and that's where the coaches got to say, "Look, we're still building the program, and yeah, we've had a tough loss here early in the season, or two tough losses. Now it's the next game. How do we get better? We're building for the next two to three, five years. We're not just building on game after game. It's a process, and so you don't get caught up in the scoreboard. You get caught up in how you're playing. And are we getting a little bit better each week? Can we build off of the loss or the win? I mean, I think that's the type of things that you have to say inside the locker room. And you got to have great leadership, great character guys, 
that can help you. When we went, we went zero and three, I think it was zero and two, zero and three in nineteen ninety. Uh, Coach Stallings, yeah, zero and three, and um, you know it was rallying the troops and guys coming together, leaders on that team that uh, said, "Hey, you know, we, we got to bounce back from this." Um, and and we did, and and really finished off the season strong, beating Auburn, uh, heading down to or heading over to the uh, the bowl game in Arizona, which didn't end up very well. That's where we made a uh, Nagel uh, NFL draft pick well went sky high after that game, the way that he uh, threw the ball against our, our defense. But um, you know, again, it's leadership in the locker room, it's coaches given the vision about building, and you're going to suffer through some of these early on unless you have the talent when you walk in to do this. And, you know, even Nick Saban in 2007, but then he turned it around 2008 undefeated regular season. I mean, that's what you want to see is progress. And that's what Harson's got to show this year. Even if they lose early is that he can keep the team together and that they can find things to get better at and continue to improve and think long-term think process more than just the game that's up next. Kyle, you just sent me into a brain funk thinking about that game <laughs> against Louisville and the Estabole. Remember, Brother Bill Oliver was the uh, defensive yeah. coordinator walking into the media room after the game, looking around all of us and saying, well, I guess you boys want a piece of me. I guess he played a little for the Jets. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was like a second-round draft pick. Uh, yeah. Howard Snellenberger was the coach. Uh, he was, yeah. Build his former Bama guy. Uh, I, all I have to say is it was a very nice trip that uh, Phoenix was nice. This is apropos of nothing, Matt. But I, I asked you and Alex what what this meant because uh, one of my uh, family members just asked me to send them a picture of, uh-huh. of Autumn, uh, my daughter. And I, I, I sent them a picture, and uh, she's throwing the deuces up. Like five, but She's five, five. Yeah, sideways, yeah, right? Yeah, I said I asked Alex, "What does it mean?" And, and you weren't sure. And uh, it, it says that it, it's coined as as uh, is what I've learned on Urban Dictionary. Uh, <laughs> coined as showing everyone the peace sign on the way out of the door. And it's like, hey, friend number one says, "Yo, you going to the party, man?" Yeah, bruh, I'm throwing up the deuces now. Going to the party. So it's a sideways. And so piece? Uh, my five year old, yeah, she's going to the party. Throwing me the deuces. I mean, Jay, what am I supposed to do with that, man? Pray. Oh, be glad she's not making it up. Yes. Uh, well, be glad the, the, the signal's not something worse. She's throwing right. the deuces at me. Oh, my goodness. Right. Alex's awesome anecdotes are next on the Jay Barker Show. You got it right. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy with a good chance of showers and thunderstorms this afternoon and early tonight. The high today, 89. Tonight's low, 69. 
tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 91 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on the Jay Barker Show with Jay and Matt, Lars, Charlotte, little puppy. It's not our mascot, right? Charlotte. What kind of dog is it again? A something poo? Cavapoo. Cute little, cute little girl. And Alex Very Bauman. sharp teeth. Yes. Razor. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh. You know. <laughs> I do. You should see my toes. Um. Alex Bauman is our intern, uh, UAB broadcast student, and uh, he brings a few items to the show every day. We call it Alex's Awesome Anecdotes. What do you got, Alex? Uh, three players from the state of Alabama were named uh, 2022 MLB All-Stars. Garrett Cooper from the Miami Marlins, who played his college baseball at Auburn. Tim Anderson, uh, Chicago White Sox shortstop, uh, played at Hillcrest Tuscaloosa High School. And Clay Holmes. Who play? Who plays uh, the New York Yankees as a pitcher? Played at Slocum High School. Holmes just recently broke Mariano Rivera's record for most consecutive innings in release without giving up a run. That oh. is incredible. That. I don't. With my own eyes, I've never seen a better reliever than Mariano Rivera. Oh, you're, and, and you're you know, right. and he just he just threw a natural cut fastball. He yep. couldn't even explain how it happened. What is a cut fastball, Matt? Explain that. You know, they they have given so many. Ve- it's like a uh, rising fastball. Well, it's cut. You know, there's a splitter that dives, and you know now they call curveball sliders now. But I could not show you how to throw one, and I damn sure couldn't show you how to hit one. <laughs> but it does. It does take a rise. But he would he it's would like throw a, it every pitch, and he wouldn't even know exactly where it was going. He would just sort of aim toward the middle of the plate. I mean, it, it, it most incredible pitcher I, I've ever seen. Yeah, when he came in, there was a, like a what ninety eight percent chance that you were going to win it. Yeah, but he did. Remember which one? But he did. He did lose the World Series. He did, and it was, it was really, it was really, it was, it was, uh, it was in Arizona against the Diamondbacks, and it was 2001. Is right after 9/11, and those of us who lived in New York at the time were just crushed because they, uh, the Yankees, had kind of become America's team, and and uh, still reeling just uh, from 9/11, you know, because uh, that was obviously September 11th, and. Uh, World Series is in late October, November, and um, gosh, uh, the, the, so many uh, the hopes uh, and dreams were sort of invested in that team. And it was Luis Gonzalez. It was a broken bat. Freaking yeah, almost uh, hit second base on the fly. Yeah, it was a broken bat, a uh, little bloop that, uh, that ultimately uh, delivered the winning run for the Diamondbacks. He played at South Alabama. Just for those that Every, need everything, to know. everything circles back down. And then the yeah. next the next uh spring training, he spit his gum out and ran onto the field. Somebody paid six thousand dollars for it. I can't make that up. Alex, what else you got? Uh, on the Pivot Podcast, a former LSU QB and 
NFL QB Jamarcus Russell discussed his time with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he said, I didn't feel like they want, they were there for me. And he said, I was dealt a blank hand. I was at practice, and these guys couldn't catch a reverse, much less a 90-yard bomb. Uh, he started taking responsibility for uh, his shortcomings and said, everything that went wrong, I take fault in. What happened, happened. Let's move on. Football doesn't matter. It doesn't last forever. It gave me a great start on life. I'm not mad at anybody. I have no reason to be. Jay, I know you have uh, sort of uh, analyzed and thought about Jamarcus Russell as a former quarterback uh, yourself. Uh, your thoughts on those comments from Jamarcus Russell? Yeah, I, just, I mean, I don't know. As a quarterback, you, you don't ever blame other people for not catching balls or whatever. Your job is to make a ball catchable. <laughs> Your job is to complete the complete the pass, to, to uh, get the first down. I mean, the, the best thing, I think, in those situations, keep your mouth shut. Keep working hard if he wants to try to. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see him getting back in or whatever. But um, yeah, he, he. I know he's talking about his time there, and it sounds like he's a little bit bitter from uh, his stay in the NFL. Um, look, he had all the tools and attributes. I just don't know if he had the work ethic. Oh, I, I definitely agree with you 100%. I mean, the guy could throw the ball like about 85 yards, 87 yards, but uh, um, just didn't have the discipline. And uh, I've just heard that so much, Jay, about um, being a quarterback, uh, being the leader of a franchise. It has as much to do with what's between your ears as what's in your right arm or your left arm. No doubt about it. And Cam Newton has commented on this, too. They've kind of gone back and forth on Twitter. Um, As Cam said, exactly what everyone else has said at this table. But. When I, I guess kind of someone, a colleague says it back to you on Twitter and publicly, it hurts. Yep. It hurts more than Lars Anderson and Matt saying. Now, when Jay says it, I mean, it's time to go to the bar. <laughs> or Lamar. And, and, and Cam, Cam is becoming his wardrobe consultant now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's. We don't have. Do we have another hour? I mean, do we have another triple uh, A? I do. All right. All right, good. Uh, Twitter is, CK, is suing Elon Musk to attempt to complete his uh, buy of the company. I'm guessing that Jay has a comment on this. Yeah, but I think it's actually a very smart move if he planned this out from the very beginning because in the suit, now he's turned around and said that they weren't, um, there were a lot of bots and a lot of things that the numbers that they were showing on Twitter was not exact numbers. They weren't accurate. It, was, it wasn't accurate by a bunch. If they do sue him, or if he goes to court, now that opens up everything. We'll get information about Twitter that we've never seen before, and they'll have to supply it. So I don't know if he did this on purpose to uh, kind of put things out there and kind of show what's been going on, but uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I, I would put my money Why don't on, you think? Uh... Go ahead. Sorry, Jay. Oh, why, why do you think Twitter would give him that information? Is it something they don't want revealed? I mean, obviously, they would have, it yeah, appears most that definitely. way. Well, they didn't reveal it in the, in the cell, and he found he found out through his own people, through his ability to go in and find out why you know that the, the numbers weren't matching up. So, but now you can dig even deeper into the company. You can subpoena whatever you want when you get a court case like that. I've often thought that uh, Twitter is just an echo chamber. It really doesn't move sales of books, magazines, anything. Uh, but it's just a lot a lot of reporters sort of going back and forth at each other, Matt. Yeah, and uh, of the reporters, most of them are sports. Yeah. I mean, it's a go-to for most sports reporters. All right. Uh, have a great day. Thank you to all our guests. Thank you to you for listening. And y'all have a great day, too. Bye.
Hi, this is Wes McClure.